Hey all and welcome back to Start the Ego, Feed the Soul. I'm your host, Nico Barraza, and I'm so excited to launch my first course. This is my Self-Awareness 101 course. Taking control of your life starts with understanding the self and taking the steps necessary to build self-awareness and personal accountability in all that we do. My Self-Awareness Workshop will aid you in taking radical ownership over your life and your choices so you can begin to build the self and the life you desire. Now, I'm offering $100 off if you register before February 28th. So you have about two weeks to get the $100 off. The current pricing is $197, and it will go up on March 1st, $297. Now, what do you get with this course? And it's really a workshop. So, uh, you know, courses um, primarily have modules. These workshops are going to have worksheets to accompany them as we go through different presentations and break out into small groups. So what's included? We're going to have three 90-minute live Zoom group sessions. These will be recorded and emailed later if you can't make the live session. So you'll have lifetime access to all these Zoom sessions. Worksheets to accompany each session and take-home journal prompts for continued work. You can take this workshop uh, as a solo, as a single person, or with a partner. We're going to have small breakout groups during Zoom sessions to build community and work through questions and prompts in focused groups. And then there will be one 60-minute question and answer session where you have opportunity to submit questions throughout the workshop that I'll answer and we can engage in as a larger group and also as small breakout groups um, in a separate 60-minute session. So basically there's four sessions. There's three 90-minute sessions with presentations and small breakout groups and then one 60-minute session that will be primarily focused on question and answers throughout the course. So right now we have three Sundays in March that we are going to have the live zoom sessions for the first is march 13th the second is march 20th and the third is march 27th and we are going to be going live at 10 a.m pacific time which is 1 p.m eastern time so if you live in another country another time zone plan appropriately now again if you can't make these live zoom recordings we are going to have everything recorded for you and emailed out probably the next day or two days after and you'll have access again to all the content and all the materials if you can't attend live so if you can't attend live because of work or because of family or because of other stuff going on I highly encourage you to purchase the course because it is going to be worth your while, even if you're not there live. The question and answer session will take place on March 30th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And again, this is 60 minutes as opposed to the other three will be 90 minutes. And again, if you register before February 28th, you'll receive $100 off. So the pricing for everything that I just talked about will be $197 U.S. The price will increase to $297 U.S. On March 1st. So I highly encourage you all, if you're interested um, to invest in this course, I'm putting a ton of time and effort into it. Um, I believe everything that we do in life obviously starts with the self. And I really want to offer people some tangible takeaways after this course to really be able to dive deep into who they are, who they are what they want, where they find purpose, where they find meaning, how they exist in relationships and how they exist in work and how all of these things connect to our relationship with ourself. So if you're interested in registering for the Self-Awareness 101 workshop, I'm going to have the link in the show notes, but you can also go to www.nicobarraza.com backslash courses, or just simply go to www.nicobarraza.com and head over to the courses tab and Self-Awareness 101 will be under that. And that'll give you some more information as well as a brief video to talk about what we're going to get into throughout the course. And I hope you share it with others, share it with your followers and your friends. If you think it's something they could benefit with too. Um, I think this is an incredible price for what I'm offering. Uh, Usually it's $150 an hour when I work with clients in a one-on-one setting. And this is $197 if you purchase it before March 1st for the entirety of the course. 
course, which is three 90 minute live Zoom calls in a group session where we'll break out into small groups and then the one 60 minute question and answer as well as lifetime access to all the materials and recordings for the course and 12 month access to the Discord group. All right, y'all, and back to the show. I'm so excited for this week's guest, Mr. Johan Van Vuren. Johan is at Man From Somewhere on TikTok, where he first got super famous and super well-known for his incredible and deep, enriching content about vulnerability and connectivity and life and depression and purpose and all these incredible things about being human and part of the human experience. He considers himself an adventurer and finder of self traveling the healing path. And I originally came across Johan's account through Mel Robbins, who I'm sure you all know about, a very well-known person in sort of the mental mental self-help space. Now, she's a big fan of Johan and shared a video of his on Instagram that I saw, and it was incredibly inspiring and introspective, and it was about self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others. So Johan and I dive deep into a bunch of the things he and I talk about, but I really got to appreciate his perspective as a man. And he talks about going through his stages of growth and grief and getting to where he is um, today and being a father and the journey of growing up in South Africa and sort of the patriarchal masculine structures around there as far as emotional and um mental growth within the masculine. And we also talk about that in the US and in Western culture in general. I really just appreciate this conversation from him because he is such a bright and inspiring man. And uh, to be able to share an hour with him and dive deep into the things that matter to him and to I is just really special. I hope you all are ready for an incredible conversation. I hope you all choose to attend the Self-Awareness 101 workshop it's going to be incredible. I'm putting so much work and effort into it, and I really hope you join me. And again, it's going to take place throughout March. So if you register before the end of February, you will get $100 off. It's an incredible deal, incredible discount. Hope you do that. Click the link in the description. Without further ado, Mr. Johan van Vuren. Before we get into it, I, I'm so impressed and inspired by the message you're putting out there. And um, I, one thing, as soon as I shared the story yesterday, even then when we missed each other, um, so many of my followers messaged me and they're like, oh my God, I can't wait to hear this episode because uh, so many people, I didn't realize this, follow you and, and are um, very passionate about just the message you're sharing, you know? So I'm like, man, I've, I've obviously been behind the times. Because you know, you're, you're, you're out here putting this incredible content out, you know, and I'm just like amazing, you know, that pe- people are like, I haven't heard them on a podcast. So yeah, you bet, man. So I, I just wanted to say that, you know, I'm so uh, excited to chat with you today, Johan. And your last name is Van Vuren, right? I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. But you're, you're Scott and you're also South African. Well, I was born in South Africa. Okay. And um, yeah, I, I actually came. So let me just switch this light off one sec. Sure. So I, um, yeah, I was born in South Africa and uh, I came over to the UK um, at the tender young age of 23. So I've been, I've been in the UK longer than I was actually in South Africa. Okay. But um, yeah, and I only, I only moved up to Scotland literally two years ago, actually. Mm. So uh, most of most of my sort of adult life in in the UK, I've lived in uh, in England. Okay. Um, but my my ex wife is is a Scot, so okay. um, yeah, we we split up and we just decided that financially it would be better 
and cheaper for us to live uh, up north. And we actually moved literally beginning of the first lockdown. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a it's been a whole story and a whole process and a and a journey, brother. I bet, my man. Well, I I just gotta I gotta say this uh, before we start, and so people can li- are listening to hear this. You've you've built quite a following with what you've done already, right? And you have 1.2 million followers on TikTok. You have almost 100,000 Instagram. You have 15 million likes on TikTok. Like, um, for people in this space, uh, although it's becoming more more common, um, you don't really see a lot of men you know, expressing themselves as you do on the internet, which, which is palpable because we need to change the narrative. You know, if we're going to grow, if the masculine yeah. and feminine are both going to evolve, we need more people like yourself doing this. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, mate. Yeah. So, it's, um, it's something that's, uh, that's been with me, you know, since, since childhood really, because yeah. where I grew up in South Africa, um, are you ready to dive straight in or do you want to? Yes, sir. We let's, I'm, I'm honestly just going to roll with it already okay, because you've already been saying uh, some great stuff so okay yeah so basically you see the thing is in south africa how i grew up as south african men we were very um suppressed back in yeah. the because uh, i was born in 74 so i literally grew up in sort of late 70s 80s and 90s um, and i finished my high school in in 92 um moved into university and then I moved over to the UK in uh, 97. So basically from, I would say, sort of late, like I say, late 70s, when I started going to primary school, um, up until early, early 90s, um, that, that part of my life was a really tough part because, mm-hmm. um, a lot of things happened, you know, there's a lot of trauma that happened. Um, and as men in South Africa, you are not really exposing the vulnerable side. And if, if you did, you were very much bullied. Um, yep. it was the same sort of concept as big boys don't cry. You know, if you, yep. if you cried, oh my God, mate, this like literally the big boys would have jumped on you and then yep. yeah, you, you would have had a proper beating, you know, so th- it was shown as a weakness to actually show the, uh, the vulnerable side of, of yourself. Um, and also what happened to me is, um, I, I had a, a big childhood trauma internally, um, as betrayal, um, and a big thing that, so the thing that basically happened was, is my, my mother fell pregnant with, um, a guy that she loved with all her heart and she wanted to marry him. And again, as a South African woman, um, at that time, they were big churchgoers, and my mom still is, but she felt pregnant outside of marriage, which is the first big sort of, and as an Afrikaans growing up family, you know, yeah. and my mom being the youngest out of seven kids, it was, uh, it, it was a big thing for her to actually tell my parent, her parents, uh, my grandparents. And, uh, so first of all, she tried, when, when she told my biological father that she's pregnant, the guy basically ran a mile and left her stranded. So first of all, she tried to terminate the terminate, terminate the pregnancy, um, by, by drinking vodka and bottles of vodka and stuff, you know, and I was a, I was a tough little fucker, you know, I didn't want to go. So, so, uh, that was the first trauma that I basically went through, um, fighting for my life. Yep. And then, um, when I was born, you know, it was, uh, 
I was kind of spoiled because my my mum met my dad that brought me up um, when she was six months pregnant. And they, I was born in November. They got married in the February. And then um, when I was roughly, I think it was about eight, nine. I can't remember exactly that when it was, when it happened. But my grandmother took it upon herself to tell me that my dad wasn't my dad, um, which was a massive trauma for me. Like I said, it was like a betrayal. It was a trust that was broken because as a child, your parents are the two people that you can trust. You know, beyond anyone else, those two are, are, are the, um, the, the, the trust behind everything that you as a child are exposed to in this, in this world. Mm. So that was a massive, massive, um, like I say, trauma in my life. And then, um, like I say, when I was growing up, going through all of the bullying stuff and not being able to be vulnerable and, um, intuitive with that side of things you know um i then when i came to the uk i basically self-sabotaged everything in my life i built up multi-million dollar businesses that i literally lost um because i i self-sabotaged them because i believed that i wasn't good enough i didn't deserve this um and same with the relationships you know um basically everything that that i had went and it flourished but as soon as it flourished it it basically tumbled and uh it yeah it just evaporated like water so um yeah i I learned a very hard and harsh lesson um to be where i am today and my personal journey started about 10 years ago that's when i first discovered the secret and um meditation and things like that and actually when i when i came over to the uk because i grew up like i said earlier i grew up christian Mm -hmm. but when i came to the uk my eyes opened up as a young lad because then i was exposed to different cultures different ethnicities uh different religions um different backgrounds of, of things and i was always like Anything beyond, or this is the way of the belief system that we grew up on, anything beyond that of Christianity, of course, literally from the devil. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to go to hell if you even just listen to that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, obviously, like I say, when I came over, I got exposed to all of these differences and, and cultures, etc. Um, and because I've got a very addictive personality, I've always been like, okay, oh, well, I'll listen to this, you know, because my mom and dad's not here now to give me a slap on the wrist. So I'm going to listen right. to you and I'm going to give you, give you the opportunity to explain to me what you want to tell me. So, um, my eyes then actually opened up and I came to the sort of understanding. And for me, how I see all walks of life regarding religion and all of those sort of, uh, even uh, like Buddhism, uh, spirituality, Everything I feel, ninety percent of all of that is the same. Mm. There's differences, but a lot of it is so similar, mm-hmm. and this there's, there's so much that, that is like exactly the same. That um, I'm like, well, you know, there is just one love out there. There is just one unity out there, um, and we are all striving for that. But there's so many influences from the top and from like. A control that tries to suppress 
that one love that we as mankind and humankind wants to um, wants to achieve again. Mm. So uh, yeah, and then uh, like I say, my my feeling now is what I try to do is I said to someone last night is in in today's world everything is more or less digitalized. You know, everything right. is on your phone, everything is on your phone, on your on your computer, and we can um, access everything online. So it's very easy for us to open up Instagram and scroll through it and you read a quote and you read that quote and it goes in and literally once you've scrolled two, three, five scrolls past, you don't remember that quote. Hmm. I guarantee uh, very few people will remember that quote. And I always felt as a child, I wish I had someone that um, was like an older brother that could literally take me by the hand and just check in and see if I am okay. If I, just those words, you know, that you need someone who's sincere, someone who's um, authentic, you know, and coming from a place of love that can literally pick you up and give you that safe space and that environment. So my background is I'm, I am an actor and a model and I have that, I have done that for, probably about 17 odd years now. I have done loads of other stuff in between as well. Um, I'm, I'm a, a bit of a jack of all trades, you know. Um, I can literally put my hands to anything and I can make it work. Yeah. And um, that's where I feel like, like I said, coming back to the quote thing, is if you, like I said, just scroll, you read the quote, yeah, it's a brilliant quote, it resonates, but like I say, you three posts later, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel the way that I present myself to the audience out there is, first of all, I come from a place of love. It's authentic and it's the truth. Because mm. I would probably say 95% of the messages that I relay is an aspect of my life that I struggled with, that I know for a fact there is other people out there mm-hmm. that might go through that same problem or issue whether it's a massive one or a small one, it's something that might be niggling. Um, and by delivering that message or that quote in that manner, it will stick for longer. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I sort of have gone into that sort of um, niche, as to say, or that that um, that way of presenting the uh, the quote to the audience out there. I, you said so many brilliant things already, and and there's a couple of things that I've that I've uh, some content that you've put out there that I want to focus on specifically. But one of the things you just touched on is lived experience, right? And I think authenticity is is kind of a buzzword on the internet, right? Someone can say they're authentic and completely act, right? Absolutely. The, the interesting thing about you, though, is that I think people can tell, right? They can tell you're real, and I think that's why people are immediately drawn because it's so rare. It's really rare yeah. to see a. a, a a man specifically be completely open about their emotions, cry on camera and actually feel like it's real and that they're not just invoking a caricature of, of someone they want to sell. Right. And I think from that lived experience, it reminds me of something I say a lot on the show. It's that we connect through our wounds. You know, you've never, I've never in the history of my life gone up to someone and seen a professional athlete or someone on on a, on a pedestal and connected with them because of what they did sort of grandiosely in society. I connect with people, no matter who they are, whether they're famous or not, if they can open up to me and be vulnerable and authentic about a part of their life that they struggled with, right? Yeah. Because immediately that's a kind of a portal or a doorway into someone's soul. 
you know we can yeah. dance and and kind of like you know shine the shit as much as we want on the outside but until we sort of open we're like hey this is i'm a human being who has too been here and i am with you that's a completely different experience especially with content right absolutely um, and you obviously do that so well. And and the other thing you, you talked about is providing that sort of elder or that wisdom, that wisdom of the elder for people in an authentic manner, which I think so many people are yearning for because we come from different family dynamics. And oftentimes there's a lot of unanswered questions when we get older, like you yeah. brought up the differences in religion, like the unity of sort of this one sort of spiritual connection that connects all life, no matter what you call it, right? No matter how yeah. you define it. And I think that people are really yearning for um, wisdom from an elder that has lived stuff. And, and there are other people on the obvious on the internet doing this, but I think that's that's one thing that I can appreciate so much about you is that your ability to share vulnerably about the shit you've been through. And honestly, it just it's even kind of in your profile, like I wanted to ask you, like, where did the idea of man from somewhere come from? Like, where did that originate? Because it's so, it's such a, interesting name <laughs> so i um i mean like i said i i you know i came from south africa and then right. when i came over i um i lived in uh in, in england for 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 a good while mm -hmm. and then when i when i moved up to scotland literally to beginning of lockdown beginning of 2020 um i was my marriage my second marriage just uh, was down in the dumps, you know, we, it was a done deal. We are, we are getting divorced. Um, I lost everything, you know, I've, I've, um, lost my first family, my, my, my first wife, my two sons, cause I've got two boys with her. Uh, they 17 and 18. And then, um, I basically built myself back up. I had a good relationship with my sons and everything. Um, and then I went through this breakup and, but I came to a point actually where I, I knew all of these things like the secret and I've gone on ayahuasca retreats. I've done breath work, but I would get to a certain stage and there would be a block, but that block was literally, um, I said to someone last night, that block was me getting to the point where I then that that old self of me came out mm -hmm. as a child that it's not safe. It's um, men, big boys don't cry. You don't you don't you don't show that vulnerable side and it would just get suppressed again. And it's, mm -hmm. it's almost like that final hurdle. I couldn't go up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I went on to uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's retreat, a uh, week long advanced retreat I went on in, in uh, Mexico in Cancun. And uh, that week, the penny actually dropped because combined with his retreat, I did EFT, which is the emotional freedom technique, the tapping. I mm -hmm. did that therapy and I actually went back into um, periods and events in my life that was significant to the trauma that I uh, basically experienced. And I had to go and change those events. Mm -hmm. to from from where it went into the trauma side to actually go and go to my younger self and yep. take my younger self by the hand and say to him listen look at me look at who you are going to become look at where you're going to be you're going to have three beautiful children 
you're going to have a lovely home. You're going to live up in the mountains. You're going to be an adventurer. You're going to be an explorer. Uh, one day you are going to climb Everest. Um, that's on my bucket list to go and do, you know, um, you are going to be this great man one day. So don't worry about what's happened here now. You are safe. And I had to literally do that in every single trauma event that's happened to me as from like, even like I say, my mum's tummy when I had to literally fight to to live. Um, and it's only once I've done that, that I actually excelled and I started living to the potential that I want to. I'm, I'm still miles away from where I want to be, but I can tell you I am on the path that I feel I am destined to be and, and, and destined to reach. Um, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm living my best life. I'm, I'm enjoying things day by day. You know, I'm living in the moment. I'm not chasing anymore. I'm not living in a, in a predictable future or a past present reality anymore. It's, uh, it's, yeah, life is great. Absolutely wonderful. I can echo pretty much all the sentiments you just said as far as being on the healing path and, and having certain people come into your life and certain practices like EMDR or like, you know, psychedelics or breath work. And I'm curious if you think that everyone has to have an experience like you did to get on the healing path or if they can find it in, in other ways. And, and if so, how, like, what do you tell people that aren't where you are yet um, when they look at you and they're like, well, this guy's happy all the time. Do you know what? I, I think it's going to, it's going to be different for each and every individual. It, yeah. it, it all, I, I would say what my personal experience is and what I've, try to sort of help and guide others is it, it depends all on your backstory and where where do you come from as a child you know because if you if you do come from a very harsh environment it will be very similar to myself however um something like breath work might work for and it also depends on your your state of mind and your state of being and and where you um how vulnerable you are and you can become because it's if, if you can accept that as, as a man, just as a man alone, for women, I think it's much easier to, to, to make the transition and go, do you know what? I've, I, I'm at rock bottom and I've got to just go forward now. Whereas for us as men, it's, I, I think it's a much harder process mm -hmm. to, um, to actually take, take the bit by the teeth and, 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 and go with it. So. And, and also in today's society, there is so many things that's accessible um, via the, the online network. You know, mm -hmm. um, you can just do your research and you can find so many avenues and so many different ways, whether it's like we said, psychedelics, whether it's going to be breath work, uh, whether it's going to be um, uh, meditation, wh whatever route you choose. It's what's going to work for you as an individual. Yeah. You know, I, I can't say one thing is definitely going to work for you. However, I still incorporate all of those uh, uh, for myself. You know, there's not one specific thing that I, that I concentrate on. I do meditation. I, I do Dr. Joe's meditation. But in the meditations, we do do the breath work as well. There's loads of breath works, um, uh, different breaths that we do during, during some of the meditations. And there's loads of different meditations we do, i.e. we do a walking meditation where you actually meditate with your eyes wide open, mm -hmm. um, but you just put yourself in that sort of 
state of being where you don't focus on one specific because as we if we are awake and we look at things you focus on your phone or you focus on the laptop or you focus on the light but by in that meditative meditative state when you do walking meditation you literally it's almost like you stare into space so there's no one specific thing that that can take your attention away um and it takes some practice to to get there um, but once, you, and, and this is what I love about Dr. Joe's work as well. You know, he, um, explains the science behind why meditate, why we meditate, um, and how we do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, how to do it becomes from the why. Um, and, um, yeah, it just, it makes it much easier for men mm-hmm. to actually understand. Yep. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but for me personally, you know, if something is over there as a child, I used to look at that sort of uh, a remote control car. But until I opened that thing up and looked everything inside, I, I, I wanted to know why that works and how it works. And yeah. until I've actually pulled it apart and sort of investigated and studied it, I'd be satisfied. And it's still for me today, if someone tells me something, I would say, well, how do you know that? They prove it to me scientifically, you know. I'm uh, right. I'm very skeptic sometimes, but yeah. um, but I think it's just it's just a male thing, you know. We we want to understand stuff before we believe it, right. and Dr. Joe is absolutely wonderful in that that side of things. The same with uh, I think Bruce Lipton is very very similar. Uh, and another guy called Greg uh, Greg Broden, I think his name is. Um, those those three are the three musketeers that are, and then also Eckhart Tolle. Uh, he's a bit more deeper for me, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Joe for me is my is my number one mentor, and always has felt like that because um, the penny dropped when uh, when I did his retreat, and yeah, I, I love I love his work. So that that's a great segue into one of the videos that I really connected with was um, a recent one that you talked about self forgiveness and forgiveness of other, right? And I would love for you to expand on that because that's something that I think is essential to be starting on the healing path. Because a lot of times people, they ask like, how do I even start to heal? You know, I don't know where to start. Do I go to therapy? Do I do breath work? Do I go pay a couple thousand dollars and have a psychedelic experience in Costa Rica? You know, if I can afford that or something. But I think really when I, when I talk to clients of mine or, or people that I'm working with and speaking from my own experience, it's like I yeah. had to start to practice self-love which which goes into the other video you just posted which i absolutely love which was loving yourself starts with liking yourself yeah which starts with respecting yourself which starts with thinking positively about yourself that's right right and so these two things relate and i I would love if you could expand on that so how does self-forgiveness work into loving yourself because we in western culture it's like self-love practice self-care self-love but no one not a lot of people talk about how to do it right they don't break it down they don't compartmentalize it like you were talking about how do you look at the car and you take it apart so can you take apart self-love for me yeah so what i what i feel is it's it's very hard what, what if we go back to the forgiveness part first, you know, so in my personal experience and, and my trauma that I've had is it's almost like I, I said to someone as well is if you if you look at the old films, when someone got married and they drive off in the sunset with this old car, they will have all these things at the back there with the, with the cans that sort of drag behind the car and it makes all this noise on the road. And how I felt when I actually discovered the step where I had to go beyond 
and and actually move move forward that that hurdle I had to get over. I literally looked back, and every single person that bullied me, the trauma I had was almost like a load of these chains behind me with massive weights that was literally pulling me back and I couldn't go forward. So I had to go into all of those events and I had to literally forgive that person. Now, it's very hard to forgive because the hurt will always matter. And that's why it's hard to forgive. Because if someone, I mean, there are certain things that is unforgivable in, in, in a lot of people's minds. And I'm not going to go into details about that. People know what I'll be talking about. But and it, and it is difficult. But you as an individual cannot move forward because if you don't forgive that person or that event, it will always be in the back of your mind and in your subconscious that will be holding you back to actually go beyond that event, that trauma, um, and to actually start loving yourself, you have got to disassociate from that. And the only way you can do that is by forgiving that. It doesn't, you're never going to forget that. You know, it's, there's a, there's a saying as well I read the other day is, is you can, you can forgive someone, but they don't have to be part of your future. You know, you, you can say, thank you. Um, thank you for the experience, but from now on access is denied. You know, they, they, they're not going to be part of your future. Yep. And that's the important thing because you have to, you have to disassociate yourself from those specific events. Because like I said, is they will keep coming up in your subconscious that will just keep propelling you into your mind. Like, and it could be other events that might happen that will remind you of that again. And until you've done that, you will not be able to move forward. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I felt is, um, is the big thing about forgiveness. And once you start realizing that, then you've got boundaries in place. And once you've got those boundaries in place, you must respect yourself to look at those boundaries. And if someone talks to you in a way that you feel that is not acceptable, they've overstepped that boundary and you've got to love yourself enough. Whether that person is a really good friend, You've got to say, John, listen, mate, don't talk to me like that. That's not, that's not acceptable. And if they keep continuing that, continue doing that, then I mean, it's time to cut ties, mate. It's, uh, right. it's loads of people out there and there's loads of like-minded people out there that mm-hmm. is going to be coming your way. Because what I also feel like, Nick, is if you, if your heart is closed with all of that resentment and unforgiveness, you can't make space for all the love that's out there to come and fill and and and, and make that even bigger because mm-hmm. all of that is going to stop all of that. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, no, uh, I completely so agree. That's for me the big thing. Yeah. Well, one question I get a lot from followers is, uh, how do I know I'm ready to date again after a separation or after heartbreak? And my yeah. main litmus test is what you just said. You know, can you envision a future without this person? You know, it's not, it's not that you're not going to miss them or you're not going to still have love for them, but yeah. are you able to say, you know, access is denied. I'm, I'm moving on. I can, I can open up and have space and allow other love to come in and therefore be vulnerable and open again. But if you're still holding on and you haven't fully forgived or moved on to this, th- there's a, there's a part of you, it could be little, it could be bigger that you're blocking off from another person having access to. And that that's not, not necessarily fair if you really want an open, vulnerable relationship, right? So yeah. 
that is sort of part of that healing, healing journey going from, you know, point A to point B, right? For people that are coming out of heartbreak and, and loss, whether it's a divorce or a long-term relationship and they're in pain and they're grieving and they're, let's say, looking at the, the mistakes they made and then also trying to rectify or understand the, the other half of the, um, of the equation, the other person. What do you tell people about like, how would they know that they're ready to open or to date again? Or, or is there no timeline, you know, from your perspective? I, do you know, I, it's, it's, I, I think you've got to, again, it's gonna, it's gonna vary from person to person, but sure. there's, there's another classic saying as well, as you know, that one where they, where they say is, um, you will continue to bleed onto others that didn't cut you until you've gone back and healed those wounds yourself. That, that that has caused the trauma so again for you if if someone has has say cheated on you and and you want to move forward from that you will have to give yourself time to accept what's happened but also uh, do you know what coming back to the forgiveness side as well what i had to do is get the other person's perspective that's what i had to do and that helped me forgive so many people in my life because mm -hmm. I try to look at it as a point of view from why did that specific person bully me, right? What is their backstory? What is their background? Why did that person cheat on me? What is their backstory? And what is their background again? And I can tell you now, nine times out of 10, those bullies was people or children who grew up with a family or a dad that beat them or they they had abuse in their in their in their life growing up you know and it's the same with um with someone who might be dishonest and someone who's 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 cheating on you as a as a in your adult life you know they would have had trauma or something in their life happened that made them or gave them a belief system to think that is the way that they should be but a lot of those people don't know any different because that's the belief system that they grew up with so that for me was a massive um, point yep. that I took on board to get that perspective of the other person. Mm. And once I've done that and started doing that, my life became so much easier because I wasn't just going, oh, I'm the victim and oh, poor me. This is why this is, oh, this always happens to me. And then why saying that you attract more of that shit and it's just gets, it's like a snowball. It just keeps going. Yep. But like I say, once I've done that and I've looked at the perspective of someone else who, who was the other party in, in whatever event it was. Um, yeah, I, I would probably say 80% of everything that I worked on got resolved yep. because I did that. Yeah, what you just explained right there is empathy. Like you yeah. must have empathy before forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Because if you forgive without having empathy, you don't truly understand why the thing happened in the first place. And so yeah. how can you forgive something you don't understand? You're just exactly. making it up, right? So it's, yeah. so you can say it, but you're not really forgiving because forgiving is a is a physical, spiritual, emotional release, right? And I and I'd like to get your opinion on something. I heard something on a podcast this was years ago, but it always stuck with me. It was um a man talking about uh, his his family was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. The drunk driver was 17 years old. He's a kid in Utah. And um, his whole family was killed, his wife and his three kids. And he then uh, went to court and and said, like, this kid doesn't deserve to go to jail. Like, he's he comes from this family. Like, I'd like to be involved in his life. And 
that it's such a powerful thing because he lost everything he loved. And this is obviously a very extreme, extreme scenario, but he chose to like, look at this person that, that hurt his life with, with an empathic lens, being empathetic with empathy. Right. And then the story is him and this, this kid that was 17, who's now in his thirties. Now they have this relationship and he almost became a father to this kid that had a broken family and was basically, you know, just alcohol, drug abuse and stuff like that. And he said a very profound thing in this podcast I was listening to is that he's like, forgiveness isn't a flip, a switch you flip. It is a continuous practice every day. Oh yeah. It's hundred percent. Right. Because you know, I, I still get that. There's, there's a lot of things that comes up that so for instance i would something would happen and and i would get angry or um yeah lose my temper or something but then i i would go into that emotion coming up and i would actually delve deeper to see where does that come from Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times they do go back to things that i already thought I, i i resolved and i've healed but they still layers underneath and it's literally like peeling layers of an onion you know there's there's always going to be stuff deeper and deeper and deeper that you can get to um a lot will be resolved but yeah there's there's always going to be layers that needs to be pulled off and 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 go into and that's what i try and do um i'm not perfect you know i i struggle sometimes on a daily basis two or three times but it's it's the awareness that comes with that because if you do if you do become aware that you've got faults and you've got problems and you've got issues and you work on those, then you're on the right path. But it's, it's the, it's the time where the ego takes over and you're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking perfect. There's, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. That's when, that's when you know, mate, it's, uh, it's time, it's time to knock your head again. Yeah. There, there's a sense of self-righteousness in, in you know western modern culture where it's like um out of sight out of mind you know i'm i'm good i don't have any problems you know it's basically i'm a basically i'm either victimizing myself or i'm kind of like ignoring everything and i have nothing to work on and uh, this is the the follow-up question to the forgiveness part is that you know uh i understand forgiving of others one of the most difficult things to advise on i feel like is self-forgiveness so like yourself i'm an imperfect person who i've made mistakes i've hurt people i care about and i've I've fallen short right on on days and um as i grow as a man i I continuously look at these things from uh you know my my ex-partner's perspective like how could she have felt in that situation when i was saying this way when i thought i was so right and so correct but now having had three years to look back I think I was actually probably wrong. You know, I pro- yeah. and, and, and you start to own more stuff as you become more self-aware. And it's not to yeah. make myself feel small because a lot of people get stuck in that in that space of they just punish themselves, right? And yeah. my, my follow-up question is, in terms of self-forgiveness, of forgiving oneself for behaviors that we did do in the past, where where is that space? Like, how do you how do you conceptualize how to get on that healing path of self-forgiveness? Because that's such a hard thing to do for a critical thinker, for someone that's very critical in their head. Yeah, I mean, we we do that. I wouldn't say it's just people who's critical on themselves. I think as yeah. as a human race, we do that ninety percent of the time, where yeah. we without even knowing it. You know, I mean, I, I today, I actually went to the dentist today and I went on the wrong date. Uh, I, 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 was, uh, I actually made my last TikTok was me taking the mickey out of my cell because there was an old boy in front of me who was nearly 70. And uh, we stood in the queue and the lady came and she asked him for his name and date of birth and everything. She went on the system. She came back and she told him he's there on the wrong date. 
So she gave him the right date and off he went. And she asked me, told her my name and date. She came back, she went, well, you were here on the wrong date. And as I walked away, I, I actually laughed at the situation where I was like, oh, mate, you're such a stupid idiot. You're such a twat. And then I had to sort of take a step back and going, hold on a minute. You know, I, uh, and I could have easily just walked on and carried on and not really thought about that. But just those little moments is, is, is you're telling yourself that you're shit. You're not good enough. You know, you, you are an idiot for forgetting a simple date. And, and, and I had to literally, like I said, I had to stop myself and I actually stopped in the middle of the, of the, of the ice cream. And I just told myself, stop. Because I, I speak to myself out loud. When I when I do things like that, I tell myself to stop, literally out loud. Sometimes people look at me like, "What's wrong with this fella?" Yeah. But um, I think it, it's necessary that that we have to sort of be aware of that. Um, but then coming back to that, the question you asked is, I I feel as if you, like you said, in your situation, three years down the line, I have done. So very similar scenarios where I have contacted people in my past um, who I might not have contact anymore, but we have had a fallout or whatever situation has happened or occurred, or it might be old friends, you know, and I was wrong in a situation. I would literally contact them and, and say, listen, I, I, I know this might not even be relevant to you, but back in those days, you know, those, that, that back of Chris that went missing, it was actually me that, that took that, you know, and I, I just mm -hmm. want to come clean about it. And, 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 you know, we laugh about it afterwards and stuff like that. But I think for me personally, I, I felt that's a, that's a big thing that I, that I did to take responsibility. I, th I think that's a big thing is you, you need to take responsibility for your actions. Um, and, and if you, once you, once you are big enough to do that, um, yeah, doors will open up. I, I agree so much. I think that, um, that's, that's one of the things um, that is a sort of delineating factor to me with couples is, you know, if a couple comes to me in a session and all that's happening is they're pointing the finger at each other. I'm like, yeah. you both are not going to be able to change each other. What you have to do is see what inside yourself is is coming up, whatever shadow or whatever sort of childhood trauma is peaking up, whatever sort of insecurities, and you have to work on that individually and then bring that into the container and meet each other in a space of healing and be honest. And, and you're on the same team. Act like you want this to work out because if you don't, if you're on opposite teams, you're not even playing the same game. You know, you're playing right. on different teams. You're trying to just right. get your wants and needs met and you're not showing up, right? Exactly. And I think that in our culture, um, specifically with like, uh, social media and, and materialism and everything that's going on in the world right now, we live in a very hyper-individualized culture where we're consistently sold, focus on yourself, make a lot of money, you know, um, have nice things and kind of build that up. And then, and then, but no, no one tells you what happens after that. And what happens after that, if you only focus on that is an immense amount of loneliness because you're not working on the things inside of yourself that are actually going to make you a sustainable healthy human being which is that That's you have right. to work on the things the shit that you have to work on right yeah. and so in your in your mind for people that have that have dated been divorced uh gone through relationships that haven't worked out where is the light at the end of the tunnel how do you find that within yourself you know because most people want to be in a relationship or want to be want to be met or want to have some sort of deep connection it takes a lot of work and nothing nothing worth anything is easy right but in your mind, you know, having having come out of this this current relationship that you're exiting, where do you look for, you know, as far as like, where is it lighter than the tunnel as far as dating, as far as meeting someone that's on that same level that's also doing the work that can also meet you where you are and have physical attraction and have sexual chemistry and these other things? 
So I, for, I, I think it's, you've got to be happy and content with yourself, first of all. You've got to be, you've got to be, I mean, there's, 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 there's a very fine line between loneliness and being lonely, you yep. know? Um, but if you, if you can love yourself enough that you love your own company, right? And it, it's that, that thing as well as if you, if you love, if you don't love yourself, how can you expect anyone else to love you? Right? You, you have to be able to love yourself enough to enjoy your own company and to go to the cinema alone, go for a meal on your own. You know, and once you can enjoy those sort of things, you will become a magnet to attract what you are looking for. Mm. That's, that's my outlook and that's how I feel. And that's what's happening for me. Um, you know, you've, you've, you will then attract like-minded people because if you if you're not in that state of mind and that's that state of being as and everyone's going to be different um but for as, as an individual if you are going to be in a victim mode you will just attract all of that negativity that you are currently feeling because that's what you are projecting out as an energy and and the same energies will always connect you know that's why that's why people, you also get a lot of people that will have that mindset of, woe is me, why is this shit always happening to me? Yep. And they keep repeating that, but by repeating that shit, the universe is just going, well, it's because that's what you say, mate. That's what right. you attract to you all the time. Right. You know, instead of, instead of being a victim, you know, you've got to, you've got to turn that around. And once you can turn that around and you, you come again from that place of love and sincerity, um, and you you suppress that ego, you know, and you you open yourself up to be vulnerable, and you love yourself enough to be in that space. Then all of those good things will 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 come. But it's also you've got to get your mind and your heart in the same frequency and same vibration as well, because it's very easy for you to think positive and to sort of send those signals out. But if you don't feel it in here. What that signal is not even going to go past the body into the heart, you know. You've, mm-hmm. and I said, this is a big thing that Dr. Joe is saying as well. As you know, is if you because the brain is the signal that sends it out, yep. but the emotion and the feeling is what draw that experience to you. Mm-hmm. So once you can get those two in coherence, the world's your oyster. Oh man, you are putting, you are putting, you are dropping the absolute dimes right now, my friend. I, I, I like threw the softball up and you just knocked it out of the park. I think that, um, this kind of is a great segue into this conceptualization I always run people through, which is, you know, as children, when you're born, there's no separation of self. You are a hundred percent present, right? Everything you're experiencing, I'm talking about being an infant. You're just, your eyes are this big. You touch everything. You cry when you're sad. You smile when you're happy, right? Everything's so authentic, right? And then as we age, we experience childhood trauma from our parents, from bullying, from all these different trillions of different nuanced situations through life, right? And then a little gap starts to build. It's the separation between our surface self and our deep self right? Our deep self is our soul. It's, it's everything that like we know to be truly us. But then society tells us, no, you're not good enough. You're not good looking enough. You know, you're not this. And then our ego starts to speak up and it starts to build this resiliency to protect us against things that hurt us. And then our surface self, which is what we show people, how we sell ourselves starts to run away a little bit from our deep self. And we have this gap and that gap is what I tell people that is, that is what you're trying to close to love yourself, right? Because 
If you have a gap between what you show society and what you show people you love versus how you really feel about yourself, that's not being authentic. That is by definition inauthenticity. And I don't say it to to poke at anyone because I've been that person 100%. I was that person probably up until a year ago, honestly, because one of my really close friends who I grew up with finally asked me, he's like, hey, dude, do you love yourself? When I was going through this separation and my question, my answer was like, no. You know, like I just did not, I didn't love myself. And it's not that I wasn't a good human being or I wasn't doing good things or I wasn't giving back, but I didn't have a sense of connectivity with who I was, what I really wanted. And it wasn't until I sort of connected with my purpose to, to give back, to be in service of others, where almost like all these people from all, like from the universe, honestly, just was in my path immediately. Like I needed to meet yeah, this person yeah. to, to learn. I needed to meet this. And you're, you kind of understand that because Dr. Joe seems like one of those people for you. It's just like, as soon as you are ready, boom, the teacher appears. That's just kind of how exactly. the universe works, 100%, 100%. right? And, and if you're not ready, you're going to keep meeting the same lesson because the universe will keep you in the same grade oh, yeah. for your entire yeah. life until you pass. You know, that's <laughs> exactly. just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Same, same. So what you're saying is like self-accountability. You have the choice. Like we can, we can giggle about it now, but when you're in it, it feels like shit because you're like, I'm still sucking second grade emotionally. You know, like all I want is to have a partner or to have a life that I'm proud of or to do X, Y, and Z. And it's not really until you're like, I have the power to change. I have to first be comfortable being alone and enjoying the company I keep. And for most of us and not all of us, that's a tall task. Right, because yeah. most of our lives we've been told that you're not good enough alone. You have to have all these outsource of incomes and cars and people and infatuation to feel good about yourself, and that's exactly. not true. That's it, because it's, it's the same. That I, I saw some. I saw a podcast today of uh, actually a, 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 a real. I can't remember the guy's name now. I literally just started following him today, and uh, he, he did this speech, and he said, as as a as a young boy, you're getting told. If you've got the, if you can get this car, you'll get the chicks. And the same for the girls. If you get this push up bra, you'll get the boys. And then it's the same thing that, that escalates into if you can get this big job, you will get this. And if you get this, this higher salary, you can then afford to live like this. And it's all just the society that is literally telling you that you are not good enough. You're not just good enough being you as an individual. You need something outside to validate you which is bullshit. You don't. Yeah. 100%. That that brought up that, that I I love that you said that cuz that brought up the idea of contentment. And that's what a lot of people struggle with, right? Because yeah. a lot of times when we're in a relationship, it's always like, well, I could be swiping, there could be someone better, more attractive, more emotionally connected yeah, yeah, with yeah. me. And yeah. at some point, we have to say this person's good enough, and they're saying that to us. And yeah, yeah. you're not going to find a single human being on the planet that doesn't have a bag of shit with them. Me, no, you, everybody. Exactly. Right. And so I think that, you know, especially when couples come to me and they're like, well, we're having these issues. And I'm like, okay, the one awesome thing is you guys are in here because you want this to work. So you're going to, you're ready to put in the work. I don't know if it will work, but you are here ready. And that accounts for something. Right. Because I think a lot of people, just like you're saying, think they're going to get that car and everything's going to work out. And it's like, just because you found love and you fell in love doesn't mean you're going to be able to sustain love. That takes a lot of work, a lot of presence, right? Um, A lot of sacrifice, a lot of compromise. And in a world where we're consistently sold that you need more and more and more to keep us entertained, to kind of sort of captivate our attention, how do you remain content with yourself, but also have a growth mindset for being better? I'm I'm very lucky in that aspect because I have had massive businesses and loads of properties and Mm -hmm. 
I can tell you now, uh, fucking 100%, I was not happy when I had all of that. And um, I lost all of that. And I can tell you 100%, I wasn't happy. But until I discovered myself and started loving myself and being content with being me, that's when I discovered what true happiness was. Um, and I mean, I, I missed a massive part of my, my boy's life um, when they between the ages of um, about four till about nine. Um, I missed a massive, massive chunk of their life um, because of selfishness for myself, um, mistakes I made, decisions I made, uh, which I own up and I, I've, I've taken responsibility for those. But it's a part of my life where I was chasing happiness and chasing stuff that I thought will make me happy and, and never did, you know? So for me personally, like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky and unlucky where I've experienced both sides of the scale and mm -hmm. actually came to the conclusion by doing the work that happiness can only come from inside. It can't mm -hmm. come from anywhere else. And you are the only person that can make you happy. It's no one else's responsibility and no one else can do that job for you. You are the one that is responsible for that. Amen. And I, I've learned that lesson uh, specifically through my, my past relationship uh, because I didn't realize I was doing this. You know, I, I went to therapy when I was 23. I took myself back in my 30s and I was like, man, I, I wasn't happy solo. So when I got into a relationship, I would put the burden of my joy, my happiness on my partner. Yeah, it's yeah, your yeah. responsibility to make yeah, me yeah. happy, right? And a lot of times that creates problems in of itself. And you brought up sort of self-sabotage, right? Because we're told we're yeah. not good enough. And yeah, yeah. I had brought that upon myself as an adult man is that, man, I put so much weight on this other person to be my my one sort of uh, kernel or light of happiness and mm -hmm. sort of through everything else that I, I lost my sense of self, you know, it was very codependent in the way. And it, and it's, it's such a burden to put on someone that you really love. And in truth, it's actually quite selfish. And I say this with all the compassion for myself, but it's really only considering my wants and needs and not realizing right. that I have a duty to work on my own sense of satisfaction and contentment and selfishness before I even can show up in a relationship because uh -huh. it, it's really not fair to try to pour into a cup in the center, the, the relational container, if mine is half full. It, it yeah. just, it's really hard, right? No, it's, that's very true. Very it, true. What you said reminded me of a Jim Carrey quote, and I think I'm gonna butcher this, but I, he's putting some amazing things out on the internet. I never thought the guy that was Ace Ventura was, was so profoundly I know, deep. I know, I follow it well. He, he comes but, up with some classics, doesn't he? Oh man, he's crushing it. But he he has this um he has this thing. I think it's on YouTube. But he says, "I wish everyone could experience what it's like to be insanely rich, so they can understand that it does nothing for your happiness." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He's like he's like if you're not content or uh you know if you don't love your life before you get a bunch of money, he's like that's just gonna complicate more things. He's like obviously you need you know a, a shelter, you need water, you need to be be comfortable because if you're struggling to put food on the table, that's a whole different thing, right? So I want to yeah, acknowledge yeah. that that sense of privilege. But if you are comfortable and then you just keep wanting more and more and more, and you don't work on your own internal contentment it's not going to mean shit. Because as you said, you're going to get it. Let's say you have $2 million, $10 billion company, whatever, you're still going to be the same person that you were when you didn't have bags of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's the same shit on a different level. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's the same shit, just with more stuff around you, right? To, to distract yourself with. Um, how do you, how do you stay focused in, in a world that is so, um, now, like, I, I feel like our attention spans are shrinking, right? Well, I don't feel like it. It's sort of scientifically, you know, been argued that we are, or it is shrinking. 
how do you stay focused on, you know, on being content and having a sense of peace in yourself? Well, while there are things in the world going on that are destructive or are, you know, um, uh, combative or not healthy for, for human beings as a collective. So I'm very fortunate where I live. I'm surrounded by mountains. And also, I, I messed up a big part of my life with my, with my boys who are 17 and 18 now, but my daughter is only six. So I look up to my daughter on a, on a daily basis, you know, just to the way that she lives her life. Um, and there's that, again, that classic saying is, is if we can become more like children, not in a, in a way that we behave like them, but think like them. Because you know that saying where you, we, or that thing where you give a child a Christmas present and it's this massive box with a, say, for my daughter, for instance, is a, is a big Barbie house in. She'll take that out and she'll be pleased and she'll play with that Barbie house for 20 minutes. But that box, mate, she'll be on that box playing with that for about five, six hours and the next day and the next day. And she'll create a spaceship out of that. She'll create a castle out of that. She will just have this mindset that she can make anything out of that box, you know? And I, like I say, I look up at her and I become almost childlike in the way that I live my life now, whereas I don't take anything for granted. I live in the moment, you know? I don't think about my bills I've got to pay next month anymore. Because what we do a lot of time as, human, as, as, as adults is say, for instance, you work in a nine to five, Monday to Friday, you've got your three holidays you can book a year. One of them is gonna be a, a two week holiday going to um, the Maldives. So three months before you actually book that holiday, all you are thinking, or when you've booked that holiday, all you are thinking about is, I'm going to, I'm going to the Maldives and you count those days off. And the, every day is the same. You're thinking about that, thinking about that. And as soon as you get on holiday, guess what? You start thinking, in two weeks' time, I've got to go back. Mm. And then you start counting the days that you've got to go back home, go back to work, go and do those charts at work, go and send that bill to Nick in, in the accounts department that you've got to send because uh, you're in such a rush to get to the Maldives. So you're already thinking ahead of time again. You're already thinking about all the shit that's going to come after this holiday. Instead of being on that holiday and enjoying that moment every day that you're in, in paradise, it all just, just just goes by you because you are living in a predictable future, you know, and, you, and you're just worrying about what's going to come. So I, I I sort of remind myself on a daily basis that, I, yeah, sometimes my mind does go, but I try and pull that back because it comes back again to the awareness of who I'm being. Who am I being? Am I being my true self in that specific moment when I do get a little bit anxious or I do start getting a bit worried about some stuff? I just try and bring it all back into that present moment and live in that that sort of space. But then, like I say, it's where I live as well. I'm very, very fortunate because I I um I've got a lot of time for myself um, because of the work that I do. Um, I, uh, I I yeah, I go hiking probably forty percent of the time of the month. I, I go hiking, I'm up in the mountains and I create content there. But when I create content or whatever in the mountains, I will literally spend, say, 20 minutes on shooting whatever I need to shoot. And then obviously when I do the adventure adventure videos, I will 
sorry, turn up. When I do the adventure videos, I will shoot in between stuff that, that I walk up and, and do my sort of whatever I do out there and, and take time to myself. But when I don't actually do that, I completely lose myself in where I'm at, in my mm -hmm. environment. I, I, there's nothing uh, that comes into my mind at that specific moment. You know, this, I don't think about anything materialistic. I don't think about the clothes that I'm wearing anymore. I don't think about the, the, the shoes that I'm wearing. I don't even think that I'm cold anymore. You know, everything is literally, it's, it's, an, it's an empty space that I've got in here. And all that's going on in here is what I can see around me. And whether it's in blizzarding snow, whether it's the wind howling around me or if it's a beautiful blue sky, uh, open mountains that I can see in front of me, that's what I've got. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm very lucky and very fortunate for where I live. But again, people, I mean, I, I sometimes go to Edinburgh and it's a beautiful old town and you can just look at all these buildings and it's the same thing. You can do that. You can do that in a modernized city. You know, forget, forget where you're at but actually concentrate on where you're at and just enjoy that moment. And that, that is such a big key to happiness as well, is that you've got to be in that present moment to enjoy your environment, regardless of where you're at. That's such a beautiful sentiment. Before I let you go, I, I just want to like take a slight segue into using that presence because you're talking about presence and why that's so important in a relationship too, right? Because I, I found myself in past relationships always focusing on the critical things, right? I'm like, oh, there's yeah. a problem. We got to talk about the problem. There's a problem. We yeah, got to talk yeah. about the problem. If there's yeah. not a problem, there's a problem that there's not a problem. So we got to talk about that, you know? <laughs> and, and, and what you're talking about is something that I've finally learned in my thirties. That's just like, there's a time to work on stuff, but there's also a time to be completely present and be light, like bask yeah. in the light, which is just to be, just to exist, just to enjoy your own presence, being alone or with someone you love, that you have the ability to be breathing air and drinking water and, you know, somehow living the symbiotic life with plants, you know, uh, that we so, so readily overlook in our busy sort of, you know, um, materialistic lives. But what you're yeah. talking about, Johan, is that like you have to hold on to the appreciation and the gratefulness of being alive, of your breath, which is why I think breath work is so huge that people like, how often do we think about how many breaths we take a day? Never, right? But as soon as you start to practice breathing, like like yeah. breath work, all yeah. of a sudden you, you you start to feel when you, when your breath gets tight and it's up in your chest and when you lost it in your belly and you feel how that affects your anxiety and how it affects how you respond to people. Yeah. Right. And then you can, and that, that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, um, from my previous relationship is that there is a time to be deep and to talk about the deep things, but there is equal amount of time to be present and to merely yeah. exist and enjoy that beauty yeah. of being alive. I a hundred percent agree with that. hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Brother, it, it has been, I mean, I want to talk to you for hours, but I want to be conscientious <laughs> of your time. Uh, I'm so appreciative of you coming on, Johan. It's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I, I found you through Mel Robbins, who is, is no, no slouch uh, of, of, a, of a human being creating amazing content on the internet. You know, she's got that new awesome book out and she seems to be a, a big fan of yours. Um, where can people find you? What are some, what are the new things you got going on? If anything, do you have any courses? Like, like how do people work with you? How do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so I'm actually I've uh, I've just actually discovered um, Snipfeed, which is going to be my my new link that I'm going to be using on uh, on all my um, socials. I'm, I'm, it's man from somewhere 
on TikTok and, and Instagram as well. On both of those, there is a link at the moment that will take you to my Patreon and YouTube channel. Uh, there's not much content on there just as yet. Um, I am creating content that's going to go on there. Um, however, on the Snip feed, I am also going to be doing more um, videos of because I get a lot of questions of people asking me for these adventures, what sort of stuff I'm going to needing, be needing to just go on a, on a standard hike, or if I want to go and do an ice wall climb, etc. Uh, and where can I sort of get advice from, what sort of courses I'll be doing. So I'm going to do, do a lot of that content, but all of those will be on the links on, uh, on both of my socials. Um, TikTok is my main one that I really post on a lot. Um, however, I have started doing a lot more Instagram now, but yeah, yeah. both is a uh, man from somewhere. Man from somewhere. He's here himself from somewhere. Um, well, Johan, it's been absolutely beautiful to talk to you, my man. I'm so glad I connected to you. This is the one amazing thing about social media. There's a lot of negative about it, but this is like one of the positive things that brings like-minded people together to hopefully, you know, talk about things and then grow and to expand as a, as a species and as individuals. So uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, it's been a treat to, to see you in person. And, and I'm glad you're doing well. And I'm glad that you are, um, making this beautiful content and being real for all of us to learn from it's very insightful oh brother i really appreciate that thank you so much for having me on your show it's, it's been great thank you I really want to ask all of you listeners out there, if you could take a couple seconds, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star written review that really helps get the podcast in more eyes, in more ears, um, and just really helps podcasts grow in, in every aspect possible. So um, I would really appreciate it if you could pause it, go leave us a five-star written review on Apple, subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts, and turn notifications on so you get notified whenever we launch a new episode.